a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Of global business, and today we will provide a comprehensive overview of China's economy for the entire year of 2023, focusing on three aspects: steady recovery, ongoing opening up, and the promising outlook for the coming year. My colleagues will join me in the studio to share with us their valuable insights, and we also have invited professional guests to share with us their perspectives on China's macroeconomy and offer predictions for the upcoming year. First, let's retrace the key developments and stories that have shaped the economic landscape in 2023. Our reporter Xu Yi has more. 2023 is a crucial year for recovery from the pandemic and for the economic order to return. A challenging year, people said. But China has really shown its strength by pushing through external pressures and overcoming internal obstacles. It's like China has taken a wavy curve and turned it into a success story for economic recovery. To 4.6, so we see growth in China this year at 5.4, next year at 4.6, and you know if you do the math, that means that this year China is going to account for around one third of global growth. This year, China has achieved advanced growth globally, stable employment, and a balanced internal payment situation. It's like they weathered the storm of the pandemic and stabilized the trade market, coming out even stronger. But that's not all. There are really some other exciting moments too. Scientific and tech innovation has opened up new opportunities, with major projects showcasing breakthroughs in key areas and the continuous optimization of the industrial structure. The transformation has been quite dramatic, with the automobile industry chain surpassing 10 trillion yuan GDP, and high-end strategic emerging industries such as new energy, semiconductors, consumer electronics, and communications exceeding 15 trillion yuan. And let's not forget about the surge in consumption driving internal demand across the country. With encouraging policies in place, China's retail growth is expected to rise by 5% in 2023. People are planning to spend more on tourism and digital services, and luxury purchases are on the rise too. Looking ahead, China still faces challenges in stimulating internal demand and dealing with global uncertainties. The Central Economic Work Conference has laid out the plan for 2024 economic work, emphasizing progress while ensuring stability and establishing the new before abolishing the old. Despite the challenges, the fundamental trend of economic recovery and the long-term positive outlook remain unchanged. It's like China is gearing up for another round of impressive economic resilience. Well, China's economic recovery is supported by government policies outlined in the Central Economic Work Conference, emphasizing progress with stability and active advancement, along with prudent monetary policies and proactive fiscal measures. Furthermore, the Central Financial Work Conference emphasizes the need for enhanced financial supervision, optimized financial services, and risk prevention to facilitate the high-quality development of China's financial sector. Additionally, efforts to enhance financial services for private companies have been initiated by eight state agencies led by the People's Bank of China to further stimulate economic growth. Since the second quarter, numerous international organizations and foreign institutions have raised their expectations for China's economic growth. The United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs spearheaded this trend by increasing China's economic growth expectations from 4.8 percent to 5.3 percent. 
Following China's faster-than-expected economic growth in the third quarter, the International Monetary Fund and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development adjusted their growth expectations to 5.4% and 5.2% respectively. Foreign institutions have similarly adjusted their forecasts, with JP Morgan Chase raising its forecast to 5.2% and Morgan Stanley to 5.1%, Citigroup and UBS to 5.3% and 5.2% respectively. Time now for me to head over to my colleague Wang Tianyu in the studio. Tianyu, it's been a very eventful year, very exciting year of 2023. You have been traveling all across the country. I wonder, what is your first-hand impression about economic recovery in China? Well, Lily, uh, can you remember how many times that we and our colleagues traveled for business in 2023? Too many to record. <laughs> very frequent, right? Yeah. So if you compare this with the 2022, you get the answer. Because this year is the first year that China released its COVID restrictions. No travel barrier and no mask needed, no health code requirement. So people can freely uh, go out and move. So it is obvious that the economy will be more, would be more vibrant uh, if you know, there's the people's mobility is going up. So after, right after China released its COVID restrictions at the end of 2022, and I went to the city of Wuhan in central China, which was the first city to get hit by the COVID. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to see like, uh, how the city was like after everything was changed. And you know, I still remember at the last day of 2022, the New Year's Eve, me and my cameraman went out on the street and you know, celebrating the New Year's Eve with the crowd. And you know, the vehicle roads turned to the walking streets. And uh, I don't know if you can see that in the picture. And there's so many people, you barely, you can't see the end of the people. And uh, it, everyone is so exciting because people waiting for this moment for so long. And I think most of the people there uh, have the same mindset as I did. It's, we just want to have the big party. We just want to have fun with our family and friends because a lot of things was restrained in the past three years. And that was the first time that I saw so many people after the COVID was broke out. And I also want to mention about the, the catering sector because, mm. you know, catering sector is one of the most seriously hit uh, industry during the COVID, but it also have the capability to, you know, to restore, to recover in a short span of time because, you know, who, who don't want to eat? Right. And, you know, it, when I was reporting in Wuhan and every restaurant was so full and people have to wait like uh, for hours to just get a single table. But every one of them told me that it's all worth it because, you know, uh, uh, we couldn't wait for this moment, you know, and uh, one of them told me uh, that this catering recovery is like a sign of the overall economic recovery. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. I mean, the fun of being able to dine out with friends and families is irreplaceable, right? Mm -hmm. And also remember, Tianyu, during year 2023, there had been so many expos, exhibition events. How many of them did you go? I can't remember because <laughs> indeed I've been to so many exhibition events. And you know, according to the data from the uh, Ministry of Commerce, there were like over 3,200 <laughs> Uh, expos from January to uh, September and I did my math and averagely like 12 expos were being held uh, per day 
since January to September in this country. So I personally <coughs> attended the Hainan Expo and uh, the Shanghai Auto Show, and then the China South Asia Expo in Yunnan, Digital Trade Expo in Hangzhou, and then the most significant CIIE, which was focusing on the import uh, products, which also might be the most important exhibition events annually for China. And you know, in this year's CIIE, we saw Australia's Prime Minister, we saw Serbia's Prime Minister, and we saw so many other government officials and global companies seized with. So you see, like, the, the global companies voted mm -hmm. by their feet. Right. Uh, they they want to be involved is because they see the, the huge potential and the recovering process yes. of China's yes, economy. Yes, of, of course. Yeah, I mean, that was all very interesting and very a great insight. I'm sure you enjoyed the year 2023. We're going to have get more workload for you in 2024. Enjoy that year. Thank you so much, Tianyu. Thank you. Thank you. That was my colleague Wang Tianyu with us, sharing with us his insights, traveling and doing interviews across China in the past year. Well, this is Global Business on CGTN. And still to come on the program, we take a look at in 2023, China implemented a series of policies to showcase its commitment to opening up, which attracted numerous foreign investors. Next, we'll be delving to the economic outlook for China in 2024, building on those developments. Stay tuned. Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global Business. Throughout year 2023, China has been actively pursuing extensive reforms and bolstering its commitment to opening up. The nation has introduced a range of policies aimed at reducing barriers for foreign investments, hosted forums and events to attract global talent and consolidate resources, engaged in international dialogues and addressed global concerns by advocating for equ equitable sharing of the gains achieved through high-quality development. And now I'm going to hand over to my colleague Zhu Zhu, who had been so many, made so many interview trips throughout the year, both in and outside China. What are some of the uh, events that impressed you the most? Thank you, Lily, for having me. Yes, I've traveled to some Belt and Road partner countries this year, including like Ethiopia, Malaysia, and Kazakhstan. And a girl from Ethiopia really impressed me. So her name is Sarah, if you can take a look at uh, her picture. So she works in a uh, industrial park named Adama Industrial Park in Ethiopia, and in Addis Ababa, the capital city of Ethiopia. So she said that when she came to the company in 2018, hundreds of local people were waiting in very long queues to apply apply for the job because at that time many locals may found it hard to find a job there and those uh, job opportunities provided by those Chinese companies can offer a monthly payment of about uh, 400 yuan or 55 US dollars which is about one third higher than other average market wage so it is uh, quite a, po a, a popular job position there at that time and Sarah was a very lucky one she was sent to China to have a uh, half year training um, to do like some training on how to make garments and also on business management. She's now already a senior manager. So cooperation uh, models like this uh, is really helping local people. Um, like uh, for this Adama Industrial Park, it has recruited about 8,000 um, local employees and they also plan to expand the workforce to around 22,000 in the next three years. And after coming back from Ethiopia, I also uh, took part in a um, Belt and Road Forum held in Beijing because this year marks the 10th 
20th anniversary of the establishment of the Belt and Road Agreement. Right. So I will talk to uh, many foreign guests in those Belt and Road partner countries about their views on the BRI cooperation. And they said that in the past 10 years, um, they have expanded many projects that are really benefiting those BRI partner countries. And apart from those uh, traditional ones, such as the infrastructure and agriculture, they also hope to expand more in the emerging sectors, like the services sector, uh, the Green Silk Road, the Digital Silk Road, etc. So um, uh, looking ahead in 2024, uh, you can see that many projects in those new sectors have already been signed at the forum. So I'm just very looking forward to see a more cooperation in the new um, emerging sectors that can benefit more Belt and Road partner countries mm -hmm. to achieve a shared prosperous future. Thank you very much, Shudu, for sharing Thank with you. us those uh, in highlights from your interview trips. Well, indeed, China and Africa cooperation is one of the highlights of the countries opening up. The deepening trade relations between developing countries through dialogues like South-South cooperation has propelled the mutual development in 2023. And for further insights, let's turn to CTTN's Robert Nagila. Official data shows that in the first seven months of this year, trade between China and Africa grew steadily. Trade between the two was up 7.4% year-on-year, that's about 1.14 trillion yuan, about 158 billion US dollars. Between January and July, China's exports to Africa grew 20% year-on-year to about 709 trillion yuan, while imports reached 426 billion yuan. Over the last decade, China has been Africa's largest trading partner, with bilateral trade totaling 1.87 trillion yuan in 2022, up 14.8% year-on-year. Several events this year highlighted the strong diplomatic and trade ties between China and Africa. The year started with a visit to Africa by China's foreign minister, a three-decade-old tradition that sees Chinese foreign ministers visit Africa in their first overseas trip of the year. In June this year, Changsha in Hunan province hosted the China-Africa Economic Trade Expo. There, deals worth 10.3 billion US dollars were signed. And in August, President Xi Jinping attended the 15th BRICS summit in Johannesburg, South Africa. Two African countries, Egypt and Ethiopia, were among six countries admitted to the bloc. And on the sidelines of the summit, President Xi co-hosted the China-Africa Leaders Dialogue with President Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa. Discussions centered on the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. Bobat Nagela, CGTN, Nairobi, Kenya. Let's get some insights on China's economic performance in 2023, and we're joined by Mr. Zhu Haibing, Chief China Economist at J.P. Morgan. Mr. Zhu, great to have you on the show, as always. Now, let's start with this. How do you think has the global economy been impacting on China's economic performance in year 2023? Yeah, for 2023 uh, global economy, uh, the three key words are inflation, rate hike, and growth. So compared to the forecast one year ago, uh, global inflation did come down, but cost CPI still uh, increased more than expected. Uh, this led to the larger than expected rate hike uh, across the board. And despite the financial condition tightening, global economy uh, has grown actually more resilient than expected, particularly in the US, and also the emerging markets uh, economy shows notable resilience to the external shock. Uh, for China, China's economic cycle is not synchronized with the rest of the world. Uh, 
post reopening recovery is a major thing for China in 2023, along with continued efforts to promote structural transformation and high quality growth. In 2023, China's consumption contributes 80% to GDP growth, and within investment, uh, manufacturing and infrastructure provide a lift. Uh, but real estate investment continues to drag on economic growth. Now, the global economic uh, affects China mainly through the trade channels. Uh, according to the IMF, uh, global trade volume only grew less than 1% in 2023, down from 5% in 2022. So accordingly, uh, China's export also decelerated, uh, and, and uh, although China's global export share remains stable. Uh, from growth perspective, contribution from net exports turned from positive to negative. So from that perspective, uh, China's economic performance mainly driven by domestic factors. And so far, Chinese economy is on track to achieve the 5% growth target. Now, uh, many people are looking at China-U.S. You know, economic relations as a sign of where the global economy will be going. Uh, if we look at the so-called tech war between the two countries, it is showing no signs of easing for now, uh, but rather it has expanded from b chips to some other sectors like EV batteries. How do you think will geopolitics be you know, impacting industry dynamics and also affecting business sentiment? Yeah, the U.S.-China tech war is part of the strategic competition between the two largest economies in the world. And I'll say it's uh, in the foreseeable future, the direction is uh, unlikely to change. Uh, so this is actually a taken external condition. Uh, also in recent years, uh, global supply chain uh, location has seen a shift in focus from efficiency to resiliency-based consideration. So the changing external environment uh, is uh, a challenge for China, and part of the reason why China has been promoting on the innovation and self-sufficiency of the key technology on the domestic front. Although that doesn't mean actually China will change its opening policy. China will continue to promote globalization and opening up policy. Now, having said that, uh, the promoting technology innovation and industry upgrade has been a priority task for China and for, own, uh, for, for the reason of China's own sake. Uh, remember, China is at a critical stage to develop from a middle-income to high-income economy uh, productivity growth is, uh, uh, and also climbing up in global value-added chain are important elements in this process. And out of four years of the reform and uh, four decades of reform and opening up policy, Chinese company has become much more competitive. And in some areas, learning by opening up is no longer an option. Uh, and we also uh, should remember that China's major advantage to achieve this objective, uh, such as the massive domestic market, large supply of the talented engineers, and also comprehensive manufacturing sectors. Uh, so I think that uh, the, uh, uh, the the tech war is uh, is a challenge, but also it promote provides opportunity mm -hmm. for China to breakthrough in its own technology and innovations. Mm, point made. And also, we know that China's Central Economic Work Conference has laid out priorities for economic work in the upcoming year. How do you think can policymaking strike a balance between progress and stability? And what are some of the key takeaways for businesses in this regard? Yeah, the Central Economic Working Conference emphasized that uh, the principle for 2024 economic work is to uh, seek progress while maintaining stability and to promote high-quality growth. They lay out nine key uh, tasks uh, in 2024. One key takeaway is that uh, the annual growth target uh, more likely will stay unchanged at around 5% uh, to send a signal that uh, the high-quality growth does not mean that your growth rate is not important. Uh, to boost uh, to uh, improve market confidence. Uh, meanwhile, that uh, the Central Economic Working Conference also 
reflect the Chinese wisdom, uh, finding a balance between different objectives, uh, for example, between supply and demand, uh, between establishing new sectors and breaking old sectors, uh, between opening up and self-sufficiency in key technology. So these are important considerations. But in practice, I think from business perspective, it's important to identify near-term priorities. Uh, from our perspective, for example, measures should be taken to boost domestic demand to address the deflation pressure. Measures should also be taken to mitigate the housing market drag on economic growth, uh, such as public housing and urban village developments mentioned in the meeting. And also that it is important to encourage innovations, not only in the manufacturing, but also in the service sector to join push for technology productivity growth in China. Uh, Mr. Zhu, we're running over time a little bit, but I still wanted to get your outlook for year 2024 for China's e economic performance. Just briefly, please. Yeah, so our 2024 growth forecast is 4.9%, which is in line with our interpretation on the growth target. And we, we want to emphasize a few important changes we expect in 2024. Number one, we believe that fiscal policy and the monetary policy will better coordinate each other uh, to support economic growth. Uh, so second, thing is that we believe the pattern of economic growth likely to return, return to normal uh, in 2024. Uh, particularly in pre-pandemic years, consumption typically contributes uh, two-thirds, uh, investment one-third to economic growth. Uh, so such a pattern has been deviating in recent years and mm -hmm. we believe that 2024 might see back to normal. And third one, we believe that the structural transformation will continue, but the divergent performance across different sectors might be less significant mm -hmm. in that uh, the balance between the different sectors will all right, thank you so much for your insights. Great insights. That's Mr. Zhu Haibin, Chief China Economist at JP Morgan for us. Looking ahead, it is crucial to consider the key drivers that will fuel China's economic growth in the coming year, as well as the areas where the government is expected to implement additional support policies. Let's explore the insights and prospects provided by economists on this matter. Growth in 2024 could improve by nominal terms to around 4.7%, led by resilient consumption and continued policy support. I do think with the right policy support, uh, the Chinese market can continue to create potential gain for investors. I expect 2024 to be a better year than 2023. And there will be more government-backed stimulus and more projects taking place. Overall, I expect the business sentiment and consumer sentiment to improve from the low basis year. Uh, on the external demand front, we do see a bit of recovery in exports uh, for next year. We do think that the government will utilize again, monetary policy and more significantly fiscal policy to help uh, support uh, more stable growth next year. There will be two uh, major growth uh, uh, drivers for 2024. First will be uh, making use of policy limits and second will be uh, uh, a synergy between consumption and, and investment. But there will be better co collaborations and strong synergy across different policies. I'm just hoping that you know going forward, you know more and more people will see property as part of the uh, sort of a part of the necessary the, the, the consumer uh, discretionary sector uh, that is helping you know consumption, while you know the investment that used to be set aside invested in the property sector will be being used to uh, uh, develop the high-tech uh, sector uh, and the manufacturing sector uh, of the Chinese economy. The dynamism and the competitiveness uh, uh, of the Chinese economy, those things haven't changed and that I think will put it in good stead going forward.
China has achieved significant milestones in scientific and technological innovation across various domains, while also actively promoting international cooperation. Up next on Global Business, we'll delve into the technological outlook for 2024. Stay tuned. Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global Business. In 2023, the world witnessed the widespread adoption of artificial intelligence systems, sparking substantial discussions among many countries about the future of AI. And my colleague Yang Chenxi is now standing by to share with us his insights on AI and other noteworthy technological advancements in 2023. Take it away, Chenxi. Of course, Lily. Now, in this segment, we're going to look at innovations in consumer technologies that push the envelope in 2023. We should start, of course, with the explosive popularity of generative AI tools popularized by the American chatbot ChatGPT with its amazing ability to hold human-like conversations and solve complex problems. But of course, generative AI is not only text-based. Services like Midjourney allow users to generate images based on human speech prompts. Now, experts expect this technology to revolutionize many industries by replacing humans in services and creative jobs. And for example, well, my job. Earlier, I asked ChatGPT what I should talk about in this segment, and it gave me seven categories. And I won't have time to go through them all, so I'll pick two of them. Here we go. One of the categories is connectivity and communication. So let's talk about smartphones. After so many years of development, you'd think that today's phone makers would be hard to roll out fresh innovations. But that's what Huawei did this year. Its Mate 60 Pro model is the world's first flagship smartphone with satellite calling feature, meaning it can use a satellite orbiting the Earth to make calls in areas without normal mobile signal. Outdoor lovers who travel to mountains and forests are going to love this feature. Now, moving from hardware to software now, well, Huawei has been building its own operating system called Harmony, with the goal of doing away with Google's Android operating system. Now, this year, it is moving closer to this objective as hundreds of technical experts from many of China's biggest companies gathered in Beijing last month to receive training to be certified as Harmony OS developers. Now, Huawei already says more than 700 million devices were equipped with Harmony OS as of August this year. In just the past week, Huawei unveiled a premium EV model named M9 on the left, while Chinese smartphone maker Xiaomi announced its entry into the EV market with the introduction of the SU7 on the right. Now, notably, both Huawei and Xiaomi have transitioned from you know, selling phones, equipment and electronics to now also offering cars, exemplifying the immense popularity of the industry within China. The country now accounts of 64% of global uh, production and 59% of global EV sales in 2022. Now, China's BYD overtook Tesla to become the world's biggest EV manufacturer in 2022. But the one category that is still trailed behind was the sales of fully electric vehicles. Back to you, Lily. Great stuff. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Chen Xi, for those insights. And with that, I'm wrapping up this edition of Global Business here on CGTN. Thanks for being with us. I'm Lulu in Beijing.